0: This is a pre recorded program presented by KSL News Radio and Intermountain Healthcare. Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. We discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Here's our host, Maria Chaleos, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM at 11:60 a.m.
1: Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. Today, we are talking about the emotional struggles for multicultural communities here in Utah during COVID and the protests. With me, Nubia Pena, the director of the Utah Division of Multicultural Affairs, Byron Russell, who is the co-chair of the the Multicultural Subcommittee of Utah's COVID-19 Task Force, and Zeman Sal, the Director of Salt Lake County's Office for New Americans. She also co-chairs that task force. Let's begin with you, Nubia, and talk about just what the struggles are, what multicultural communities are experiencing right now.
0: Yes, yeah, thank you so very much, Maria, for having us on this show. Um, we're excited and grateful for the opportunity to discuss the unique impacts that COVID has had on multicultural populations. And our division, we oversee this multicultural subcommittee that is co-chaired by Byron Russell and Siemens Out, who are on the show with us today. And um, this was created as an extension of the Utah COVID-19 Task Force because we understood that the implications of the pandemic were different and they and communities of color were experiencing this differently. So when you look at the numbers in terms of COVID-19 confirmed cases, the Latino population, which is only 14% of the population, had higher rates of contagion than even our white population, which is the dominant number here. And so there's also unique barriers such as language and accessibility. So for those that are non-English speaking or limited English proficient, um, a lot of the information coming out at the very beginning of the pandemic was an English-only language. And so they couldn't understand what the directives meant. They didn't know what some of the preventative um, practices were, or they also didn't know where to access health care. So after the pandemic began and Governor Herbert declared the state of emergency on March 6th, we decided to conduct a survey. And this was in partnership with the Multicultural Commission, as well as the Martin Luther King Commission that we oversee, in order to understand and establish a baseline of need. And what we found validated what we already believed, which is that these communities were having unique barriers. That also includes lack of Wi-fi and access to technology so many of us practicing social distancing we have the you know the the, the pleasure the privilege of being able to connect with our loved ones through social media um, on facebook on 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 any of these platforms but what happens with families that don't have Wi-fi and all of these things were already pre-existing barriers that have now been compounded and magnified And I'd really invite um, Zee and Byron to talk a little bit more about that since they're chairing the the committee.
2: Great. Well, I'm happy to jump in and just state um, and reiterate what Nubia has referenced. And I think that some people um, are becoming more and more, if not a lot of people are becoming more and more aware of um, our national concerns for Black and Latino populations being adversely affected. And what's so interesting is that you know these particular disparities have always or really have existed in, in really the minds of academics in the minds of um, people in community services in and nonprofits but unfortunately until this pandemic reached us, there was a very um, urgent and concerning need to make sure that these populations who Are affected by the social determinants of health already, meaning, you know, zip codes that have areas of food deserts or lack of uh, financial support or transportation or or things of that matter really did become extraordinarily urgent um, in terms of the pandemic because everyone's health affects all of our health. And, you know, it's no longer an academic exercise when you talk about um, the distribution of a, of a policy um, that we focus on and and so I think what's interesting is that as we look at some of these um, social determinants of health, we also note that um, there are systemic concerns that actually if there's a bright spot here, this is an opportunity and a chance for us to think about how we might, create some deep-rooted solutions that would advance um, the prosperity and what the American dream is really all about, which is equality. And, you know, when you don't have a nation or community that has equal access to health, equal access to education, equal access to, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Nubia reference, digital um, needs, especially with our education system relying upon that, then you find those disparities grow even more. And so we have been very um, concerned about these issues. And the the governor and the lieutenant governor invited us to join the task force as a subcommittee, but part of that task force to fill in the gaps. to to be able to elevate some of the concerns and to put them in the place where we think they are really needed, which is at the top of leadership. And and this has been something that um, has really served um, this effort, this endeavor, well, because we meet every single week. Um, We have work groups that focus on very specific areas, whether it's communication, whether it's translation, whether it's digital divide, food security, um, access to health. And those areas are very important and their importance is revealed by the seriousness with which we take them.
1: This is Zeman Sal, and I just want to chime in a little bit and and just link it to the discussion that we're having today in terms of mental health. Um, I think that one of of the things that we have seen with the multicultural communities is that our experience is is sometimes very different than, than your mainstream community. If you think about the journey of um, the refugee um, journey coming from a, a war torn country now in, in, in Utah or an immigrant journey who might have, you know, had to cross the desert to get here. I think those experiences magnifies during a pandemic and as we think through about the mental health and the needs to be able to seek uh, services, um, I think that uh, really plays an a, a important role in that discussion, too. Um, as we look into how do we help our community, how do we provide culturally relevant and um, linguistically appropriate services to those communities, we really have to dig deeper into the the systemic inequities. Um, Language access was talked about uh, before, but I think that during this pandemic, other inequities has also uh, rise to the top. And we talk about digital literacy um, and access to uh, um, the Internet and, and, and so forth. If you look at how health care is being delivered, especially mental health care as well being delivered is through digital services of tele, telemed services and so forth. And and this has a, a tremendously higher um impact in the community, because for a lot of the communities, this is not something that they're used to. Um, The the language barrier magnifies, the uh, digital barrier also magnifies um, during this time. We need to take a break. But when we come back, I want to talk about how you are reaching out to various communities and trying to help and what the rest of us can do as well. And you're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio.